The LA Clippers remained undefeated at home with another double-digit victory, this time to the Orlando Magic, even without James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and of course, having lost Nicholas Batum, K.J. Martin, and Robert Covington, they still got the job done. What were the keys? Who were the standouts? And how does the arrival of James Harden affect some of the guys that we saw perform so well on Tuesday night. Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in LA and just began my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper. For even more Clipper content, we'll be posting a video of my experience at the game on Tuesday night asking fans how they feel about acquiring James Harden, which I'm going to be talking about just a little bit in this one, more extensively on Friday's pod because he will not be playing against the Lakers. The trade hasn't officially gone through. And before we get into all that, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season or the NBA season. But let's start with this game. By the way, do not think it was a sellout tonight. And I was at the game yet again. Yes, 73%. Yikes. Halloween not bringing people to the Clipper game. Halloween and the Magic, I guess. Even with Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George only getting 73% attendance. I mean, it felt like it. That's no good. But it's a shame because The Clippers were awesome yet again. And I was a little bit worried that going into this game, even though the Magic had played a tough back-to-back where they lost on the last possession to the Lakers, their best two players are their big forwards, Franz Wagner and Paolo Bencaro. And we lost two of our forwards that have defended really well so far this season in Nicholas Batum and Robert Covington. So it was going to put the onus on Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to guard. And let me tell you, they guarded. But you know who else did? Russell Westbrook. You know who else has been pretty good this season defensively? Norman Powell. You know who else has been really good in the preseason and in the regular season? And he's not been bad defensively either? Bones Island. The Clippers right now are playing defense by committee. They're on a string. They're not playing very good teams, I will say. But the Magic, I said they were going to be our first eh, kind of a test. They are on a back-to-back. But the Clippers... It was just a matter of time before they started hitting shots because the way their defense kept them in this game was impressive. Kawhi Leonard was guarding Paolo Bencaro most of the night. Paul George got a couple of possessions on him. And of course, if Franz Wagner or Paolo set screens for each other, Paul and Kawhi switched. And Paolo, I noticed in the game against the Lakers and against the Clippers on Tuesday night, he's still a little hesitant to go at guys that are super strong like Kawhi and LeBron. When Kawhi and LeBron were on him, he didn't really look to be that aggressive, and his jumper isn't that great yet. Very inconsistent. Teams are living with it. And the t- the Clippers knew 
that the Magic just aren't a very good shooting team from the outside. And that's something I've realized about them. Even though I think they'll be a playing team this season, Franz Wagner and Paolo are very good players. There's two things I noticed about them. One, this team is not a good shooting team from the outside. Two, they were 25th in the league in three-point percentage last season, and they haven't started out the season shooting well this season. And But they can defend because they've got a lot of length and athleticism and tenacious guys. But Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner, they're very good players right now, and they're going to be stars in this league. But I don't think they consistently have the appetite right now to score 20 points per game. And right now, Franz Wagner's averaging 19. Last season, he averaged 19. But yeah, 20 points per game. I think he can do it. I think he can do it. But right now, so far, they're kind of in that in those teens to start the season. And Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I thought, took care of them. It's not easy, though. Paolo Bencaro, the thing about him is he's so strong, he'll take advantage of a mismatch. But Clippers, really solid about who they switched on to Paolo in this game. And Russell Westbrook, when his name was called upon to guard on the ball, he was pretty great. And off the ball, he was tenacious, ready for passes. Five steals in this game for Brody. To go along with 18 points, six rebounds, seven assists, there was a really rough stretch in the second quarter for Russ where he was not hitting anything. But in the third quarter, he and Paul George put on an absolute clinic, and Russ was very aggressive going to the basket, going into the chest of their guards, posting guards up as well, pushing the pace like he's done in every single home game. And even though he was 0 for 4 from 3, by the way, I do not like Russ taking threes off the bounce. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what the percentage is on those. Don't have it in front of me. But it just doesn't look very good. Off the catch, I don't mind it too much. I would still probably prefer him to attack the open space. But with Harden on the team, he's going to have to shoot some of those catch-and-shoot threes. And you know what? When he shoots without hesitation, he's actually been shooting better these days. And Russell Westbrook in this game was 0-4 from 3, but he was 8-16 for 16 from the field in his 33 minutes. And he had three turnovers. But don't think it was too big a deal. 16 turnovers is still a little too much from the Clips. But you know what? I'm not going to be too picky when they're blowing teams out. Kawhi Leonard gets to sit the last six and a half minutes. And Paul George gets to sit the last three, four minutes. And Paul George has just been sensational defensively so far this season. Sensational in general. His hands so active. Sliding his feet. Getting into guys. I mean... These are the two-way players that we heard about when we got these guys. And I don't think that they're going to guard the best players every single night like that. But desperate times call for desperate measures. No Robert Covington. No Nicholas Batum. Don't have P.J. Tucker yet. Go out and guard and shut these young guys down. That's exactly what they did. And with the help of Russell Westbrook, you know, Bones Highland, a couple times, a lot of Orlando Magic trying to put Zoo in the pick and roll or Plumlee and trying to get Wendell Carter or Mo Wagner to hit pick and pop threes. And Mo Wagner actually had a pretty good first half, rolling to the basket, had a couple of easy ones. But overall, you look at the three ball, Wagner 0 for 2 from deep and Wendell Carter also 0 for 2 from deep. And I thought a couple of times the Clippers did a really good job of rotating 
to that big to take away that initial shot and make him swing the ball to worst three-point shooters because Markel Fultz, he wants no part of the three ball. Didn't even shoot one in this game. Jalen Suggs, I love his defense, but every single time he shot the ball in this game, I thought it was going to miss. He was 5 for 10 from the field, but he was 1 for 5 from 3. So we're living with it. Orlando shooting 7 for 30 from 3 in this game. 47% from the field, so they actually didn't shoot that poorly from the field. And 58% from the line. It didn't feel like they had 33 free throw attempts, but it did feel like a lot. 33 is actually pretty surprising. 58% from the free throw line is nasty. But we kept every single Orlando Magic player under 16. So 15 points was the team high, and that was from Paolo Bencaro, who was 5 for 13 from the field. He was also 1 for 3 from 3, by the way, so not great. And Franz Wagner, 2 for 7 from deep. So their starting lineup just shot the ball terribly from the outside, and part of that was the game plan. Made sure we took away easy baskets, let them shoot threes with guys that we weren't too worried about, and we didn't push as much in the first half, in my opinion, off of misses. Second half a little bit better, and the Clippers were just ice cold. It was a bad first quarter of basketball, not going to lie, in the first quarter. Yes, it was some good defense being played, but ugh, just a lot of missed shots, especially Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. 18-13 to 13 magic after one. Then the second quarter was more like NBA basketball. Clippers outscored him 34-32, but it's crazy because we were down at halftime, 50-47, to 47. but the thing is I was not worried one bit i knew that the magic aren't a great shooting team as i said they had a back-to-back i don't i didn't see the aggression from paulo bencaro and franz wagner like they were like oh yeah i'm gonna take it to paul george and Kawhi." it was kind of like they had a too much respect for them in ways and paul george <laughs> coming up gonna be talking about the absolute master class that he had in this game and it feels like i'm saying that a lot lately mvpg are we talking mvp we had to settle down mike smith gonna be talking about that coming up i gotta tell you a little something about FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. NFL season is starting to get in that peak midseason form. NBA is just in full bloom, and the World Series are in the thick of it. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's talk about... G M V P G. Oh my God! When I get to just be a fan, watch the game live, and see the six nine demigod playing with confidence on both ends of the floor, on his bully stuff, like he said on the podcast, Paul George missed some shots in the first half. Big deal. Stayed aggressive. Started with the jumper coming off a screen from about 18 feet, and then he was putting guys in the mixtape. Step back 
or snatch back three. Then the step back three on the left wing at the end of the quarter. I think he had four threes in the third quarter. It was just domination station between him and Russ. But the consistency so far from PG. I know he starts seasons well. But last season, he did not start this well. 2022, he was pretty good in that first Memphis game. I don't really remember off the top of my head who the second game of that 2021-22 season was. But I remember the Clippers were 1-4 to start the season. He was playing pretty well. But this is just... He's playing so well that he doesn't have to play that much in the fourth quarter. Overall in this game, he still played over 30 minutes, though, I believe. Let's see. 33 minutes, yeah. I was hoping that he wasn't getting put back in the game. I didn't like that Ty Lue put him back in. But Mason Plumley, he was not offering much resistance at the rim. And I'm going to talk about him a little more. I'm starting to see the flaws in his defense, like specific flaws. But Paul George, I just want to keep talking about how great he's been so far. Just confidence. It's just confidence. I like his shot diet, stuff off the ball, catch and shoot, coming off screens. Also on the ball. He started making some really good reads in the pick and roll. I think PG's passing so far this season has been pretty good. Of course, it's only been four games. But his decision making has been pretty solid. I think him having to handle the ball less is much better for him because he can really get going scoring the ball. And then, I'll give you an example. In this game, they started out in drop coverage Orlando. And Paul was getting open mid-ranges and pull-ups, but he wasn't hitting in the first half. Then he started hitting. Then they started sending two on the screens, hedging the screens with their big, and Paul was making the right read. Bones Highland got a bunch of open shots. Norman Powell was attacking closeouts. And that's what I really liked about this performance is you got balance from everywhere. The one guy, though, that didn't really get going was Kawhi. It is what it is. First bad offensive game of the season. But if you're telling me that Kawhi Leonard had a bad game, yeah, for his standards, if you said he had a bad game, meaning his impact on the game was not good, you don't really understand the way basketball works. Because Kawhi Leonard defensively was, in my opinion, great. Moving his feet, getting over screens well, help defense, communicating. Everything you need from your best player on that end of the floor. And that is why Kawhi Leonard is one of the greats, one of the best small forwards to do it. Because even if he is not, remember this guy was an all-world best perimeter defender in the NBA at one point. And he might not be that anymore, but he is still pretty good. He is still very good. And the way he can impact a game, even when his shot's not falling, that's what makes him a champion. Those are the kind of players that win chips. And Kawhi was 3 for 11 in this game. 0 for 3 from deep. And I'll tell you what, I was there. Every shot was short. Even his layup early on in the game was short from point blank range. Didn't have the legs. Played good defense. Played good defense, though. Played good defense, though. And that's what matters to me. Made the right play. Only one turnover. Eight rebounds. Three assists. Two steals. Big whoop, he shot 3 for 11. We won by 16 points, and he got to sit the last 6 minutes and 40 seconds. And because we have, here's, here's the dilemma. We have four days off after the Laker game on Wednesday. But Kawhi just didn't have the legs on Tuesday night. Does that mean that on Wednesday night, it's just not worth it to play him? Or is it just one of those games like everybody else can have where just didn't have the legs Maybe he was just off. 
And tomorrow, or Wednesday against the Lakers, he's going to be back to the Kawhi we saw in the first three games and cook him. Paul George, though, 27, 7, and 7. That's seven rebounds, seven dimes, two steals, three turnovers, which again, you'd like to see him keep that number a little down, but I'm not complaining. Eight for 17 from the field. And how about this one? Six for nine from three. Four of those coming in the third quarter. 66% from deep. You'll take that all day. And then five for six from the foul line. The Clippers, not shooting too well from the line for my liking. 70% from the line. 16 for 23. Zubats missed one, but one for two. Uh, you, you can expect that from Zoo. Bones Highland went one for two. Didn't necessarily like that. And then Mason Plumlee with his left-handed free throw. 0 for two. Norman Powell, foul-baiting Norm, was added in full effect and doing great off the bench. Hitting his open shots, attacking closeouts, getting to the basket, getting to his floater, and getting to the line. 17 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists for Norm. 3 turnovers. Again, you'd like to see him keep that number down. So, Paul George, 3 turnovers. Russ, 3 turnovers. Norman Powell, 3 turnovers. Like to see that number being kept down. But... This team is just not even going to be the same team in a couple of days. So I don't even really know what to say about that. How about, yeah, Norman Powell, 5 for 8 from the field, 2 for 5 from 3, and 5 for 7 from the line. So efficient from the field, efficient from 3, another 2 for 5 from 3 game for him. 5 for 7 from the line, you'd like to see him go 6 for 7. But that impact from Norm in 29 minutes of play is 6 man of the year stuff. You love to see it. Then you got a guy like Bones Highland who in the preseason was arguably our best player, but his three ball wasn't falling. However, now in the regular season with the bright lights are on, his three ball is falling. On the catch and shoot, even sometimes off the bounce, but it's really been the catch and shoot threes that I've been impressed by. The, but the, what I like though right now is that he's also able to control the game with the ball in his hands, run, pick, and rolls, do a little bit of both. Because for me, a guy like Busy, he's a rhythm guy. Got to get him touches. Got to get him comfortable. He's not just a catch-and-shoot guy. I want to see with the fact that we're going to have to stagger Westbrook and Bones Highland, is he still going to be given that freedom besides a couple of possessions, maybe a shift, maybe one or two possessions per shift to handle the ball and initiate and pick and roll. Will he be able to knock down those open threes and then stay engaged even though his minutes might be cut? Because right now, Bones Highland has had double figures scored in double figures in every single game of the season. His defense has been very solid. He's been adding pace to our team, pushing the ball downhill, and making his three ball. 17 points in this one for him, and he started. Started alongside Paul, Kawhi, Zoo, and Russ. 17 points, 6 for 14 from the field, 4 for 7 from deep. I already said 1 for 2 from the line. Had 3 assists, 1 steal, and only 1 turnover you got to love the way Bones Highland has started this season. Absolutely fantastic. I think he's taking a leap. I really do think he is. Now, I'm just curious to see how it's going to blend with the addition of James Harden. Mason Plumley, 10 points, 7 boards, 2 assists, 1 block. He did have 2 turnovers. I liked what Mason Plumley did in this game. I have some... Issues with his defense that I'm going to mention. But coming up, going to talk about the rhythm of 
the team. How is it going? How is James Harden going to affect that? And the latest with James Harden arriving in Los Angeles. Going to be talking about that coming up. All right. So again, when it comes to the Clippers, it's all about setting a tone defensively. They say they want to be a top five team defensively. That's the number that Kawhi Leonard and Ty Lue kept saying in training camp. I don't know if I kept saying, actually. Said it a couple times. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And so far, the intensity on a nightly basis, besides like the first quarter, maybe first half of that Utah game, it's been spectacular. Guys are fighting over screens. Guys are sitting down in a stance. Guys are rotating. Like Russell Westbrook's rotations were fantastic in this game. Rotating on bigs as well and blocking them. Just the hustle from Russell. The hustle from Russell was... You can't get enough of that. You can't. The way he turned a poor shooting game into a good shooting game, but also was doing other things that even if he hadn't found his shot, it still would have been something. And that's why you got to love Russ. And of course, engaging with the crowd, as he always does so well. The third quarter was an absolute beatdown for the Clippers. 41-21. to They outscored the Magic and then cruised to a 118-102 victory. That's 3-0 at home. 3-0 since the introduction of Section 207, the all-fan section that, of course, I am in this season because it's just a fun time. It's a bunch of like-minded Clipper fans like you getting lit about the Clippers. We stand up the whole game. It's the first time the Clippers have ever implemented this, and it's a preview of Steve Ballmer's The Wall. So Clipper Nation, get in the wall at the Intuit Dome. And you've got to because... When the Clippers are defending like that, you want to be a part of the experience. When Paul George is hooping like that, you want to be a part of the experience. And the Clippers holding the Magic to 23% from three, shooting 49% from the field. And how about another great three-point shooting game? 45% from deep, 14 for 31 for the Clips. Here's the thing about Mason Plumley, though, <laughs> that I was talking about. So Mace, one thing he has over Zoo is he's a vertical threat. And when I, what that means is he can, he can really catch lobs. Not that Zoo can't, but Mason can go up higher. Secondly, of course, his ball handling ability, which at times can get him into trouble, but it gives us another element. He wants to play fast. He moves really well with the ball for a big. Third, his passing ability. But defensively, Zoo is far better than he is. Mace, when he comes out and hedges the screens, he was okay in this game. A couple times when he was stuck on the perimeter. And what I mean by stuck is, you know, like he, for one one possession, he went for a loose ball, didn't get it, and now, unfortunately, he switched on to Cole Anthony, got blown by. Stuff like that, maybe in transition. He's obviously going to get blown by. He doesn't have the quickest feet laterally. But the thing is, even in drop coverage, especially in drop coverage, in fact, Mason Plumley, he doesn't intimidate anyone at the rim. And I saw one of the flaws, in my opinion. Maybe, let me know if you agree. He doesn't actually put his body in front often and go up vertically and take the hit to the chest. He goes from the angle of, okay, let him, let me let him put it up and see if I can pin it against the glass or get the block because I have bounce. But he never gets it. It's like his timing is always off. He gives the player the angle to go up into him. And Mason Plumley just 
I think he's good in his role. I don't think Mason Plumley will be the difference of us winning a championship or not in any way, shape, or form. But I do think the way this roster is constructed, you can't tell me that we prioritize defense too much. Now, this is when I talk about rhythm in regards to Harden. And by the way, Kobe Brown getting some minutes in this one, 19 actual rotation minutes, very solid. Seven points, just stay into his role, catching and shooting from deep. Three for four from the field, one for two from three, even at a bucket in transition. But yeah, seven points, three boards. You'll take that. And a block. Not leaving anybody out. So there you go. How about Russell Westbrook? 18 points, six boards, seven assists, five steals, and a block on eight for 16 shooting. I think I already talked about Russ. And Zoo, nine points, nine boards, much more solid in this one. Finishing around the basket, making plays, playing good D. Only played 23 minutes, but I thought it was a very solid game for Zoo. And he had the highest plus minus of any LA Clipper put the plus 19. Any player in this game, in fact. Gotta like the way Zoo has started this season as well. I love the way Russ feeds him. Had a couple of really nice entry passes in this game. Um, but yeah. Kawhi Leonard, 3 for 11. Not a big deal. Here's the thing. Now that we're adding James Harden. He's going to have the ball in his hands as the play initiator a lot, which I think Russ, it's been a good role for him because it just makes him feel more involved than when he was with the Lakers, playing off the ball with another guy who was amazing in the pick and roll in LeBron James. Paul George is playing with such aggression. I don't think, even though Paul George says that he wants to be more off ball, I think right now what we have is the perfect balance. It might be a little more extreme now with Harden. I just don't want Paul George to revert to a guy that's catching and shooting so, so much and not getting into his bag enough and getting out of rhythm and maybe only shooting 10, 11 shots a game. I hope that doesn't happen. James Harden, is he going to affect Russ's rhythm? Because Russ is playing like an all-star so far through these four games. And that's why I was saying I wanted to give it 10 games or so. Bones Highland, playing at such a high level. When we stagger... One, how much is Bones, how much are Bones minutes getting reduced? And two, here's how I'll do it. I think Russ will come out first at like around the six minute mark. Harden will stay in with Kawhi and Paul. And then when Harden goes to the bench around the start of the second quarter, you'll have Russ and Bones playing together because Bones will have come in, I want to say, around the three minute mark. So Bones might get reps with both of them. It'll be interesting to see how it goes for him. Harden definitely will make some amazing passes, some amazing reads in pick and roll, find some guys in good spots. But the question is, will we, will we be able to maximize everyone? More so in the long haul. In the regular season, I'm not that concerned. I think Harden will make our offense really good. Really good. I just don't know if it's championship good. And our defense is the question. That's another thing. Defensive harmony and rhythm. Right now, I know we're playing against not-so-great teams. But defensively, the Clippers are on a mission and on a string. Can Harden buy into that? Those hard closeouts, swarming defense, rotating hard, knowing where you got to be, being willing to sit down in a stance and play D. I know he's a good post defender. I know he has good hands. But can he play in that kind of scramble defense, especially if we go small? Because if we go small, teams are going to target Harden. No doubt. Perimeter play. The perimeter defense is where it's going to be a struggle for him. Let's see how the Clippers, what pace they want to play as well. They've been playing fairly fast this season. James Harden, is he willing to? Does he want to? Do we change the offense to accommodate him? It'll be interesting to see. 
I think he's a good trigger man in the fast break. Meaning when he gets the rebound, he can make a nice outlet. But does he really want to push the ball with frequently? Can he? And play defense as well. That's a question. We'll see though. The Clippers win it. 118 to 102. Very satisfied with the effort from the guys so far. And just be thankful. Kawhi and Paul George, so far, four games healthy. I'm going to keep knocking on this wood because it's worked so far. Four games healthy, playing really well. And I'm just taking it one game at a time. As I've said, I haven't looked too far ahead in any of these episodes for you. That's because I'm really just trying to be enjoying the moment, enjoying the fact that we do get to see Paul George and Kawhi play in, uh, in Clipper uniforms, healthy, together, hooping. Even though you can say Kawhi didn't hoop necessarily in this game, we won by 16. I do not care. And Kawhi contributed. I was there at the game. I don't take that for granted right now. I'm really starting to get used to it. Kawhi and Paul George playing live as a Clipper fan. It's pretty awesome. And now we have Westbrook, which is even more awesome. And now we have James Harden, which gives us two former MVPs, four Hall of Famers that all wanted to play for the Clippers. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, where I talk to more Clipper fans about that very thing. Four Southern California guys that all Hall of Famers that wanted to play for the Clippers. How times have changed. You can check out my experience, including Paul George cooking and Locked on Clippers is the place you got to be. We got a super team. I don't know why people want to ignore it. In my opinion, we have a super team. Three stars, maybe even four stars. And one of the best players in basketball when healthy in Kawhi Leonard. And right now, Paul George has been our player of the season through four games. But I think that will change. However, I don't really care as long as the Clippers are winning. And right now, they're 3-1. and one. They did not go 4-0 like I wanted them to. But 3-1 and one will take. I was expecting maybe if they went 4-0, they'd lose to the Lakers. The Clippers have an 11-game winning streak against the Lakers. I thought for a second it was 12 but people were saying it was 11, and it's okay. 11, 12, the Lakers are dead meat. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be a tough game. The Lakers obviously aren't on a back-to-back. Clippers are, but I've watched three of the Lakers' four games. They're not playing better basketball than the Clippers are right now. Question is, with the streak on the line, Lakers knowing it, Laker home game. The line is minus 5.5 for the Lakers right now. No Nico Batum, no Robert Covington, no James Harden, no P.J. Tucker, and you're playing on national TV on a back-to-back. We don't even know if Kawhi Leonard or Paul George are going to play yet. You know Terrence Mann's going to be out. I don't think Rui Hachimura and Cam Reddish are going to play, by the way. But it'll be a tough game. It'll be a tough game. We'll see how it goes. But the Clippers and the Lakers... It will be an interesting one on Wednesday night. And Friday, Friday, I want to just say thank you for making Locked On Clippers your first listen every day, every day or so on the show. Obviously going to be talking about the Laker game. Hopefully another Clipper win against them, extending the streak. But on Friday, going to be going more in-depth about the pros that I'm really starting to think about when it comes to James Harden and just more stuff about that move because, God, we can go on all day to talk about James Harden and the way he's going to fit in this team and the way he's going to play with these guys and what that means for the other players on this team, the style, and all that. But man, Lakers, Lakers, Lakers.
Let's see if they can break the streak. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers.